Hi all, welcome to Windshield Time. It's Day and Airy. Thanks for tuning in. Hi y'all. We're sitting here at uh, a little commercial area on the edge of Lake Washington. Got a great view of the skyline of Bellevue facing uh, facing east. Looking at the water because, you know, it's date night. There aren't many date night places to go, so we're in the car. Sitting. Sitting. Recording a t- show. <laughs> <laughs> so this so this is being recorded. What's the time right now? This is Saturday about 4.30 p.m. Okay. So then uh, I'm going to, when I release it, I can actually still release it under Friday, the 27th. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is Saturday, March 28th, uh, around 4.30 p.m. Again, thanks for tuning in. How you doing? I'm groggy, dude. When I have date nights with our au pair, um, which is every other week on Fridays, Saturdays I struggle. Just not used to staying up past 9 p.m. <laughs> and you did that. Maybe that's a tip for the other moms or parents out there, moms out there. Because obviously the the host dad isn't going to do date nights with the au pair. <laughs> <laughs> The moms can do date nights with the au pairs to um, better the uh, relations. Yeah, they need quality time because you're supposed to be their host mom. They're supposed to be the host daughter, exchange student. And so, yeah, she appreciates it. She's like, you're like my big sister. I have another sister. It feels really great. (laughs) Yeah. So what's the price of Bitcoin at day? I'm glad you asked how I'm doing. Oh, how are you doing? <laughs> so how are you doing, Day? I'm all right. Uh, one of the topics, well, I mean, I can talk about it a little bit right now, but yeah, two weeks down in the new job. So I'm a sales rep, and uh, if anybody out there does uh, infrastructure management for their company's internetworks, then give me a ring. My new company, we do uh, DHCP, DNS, and IP address management for enterprises been around since 1999 and uh yeah i would love to talk to you about it but two weeks down and already making live phone calls to uh, prospective customers and it's pretty exciting it's a brand new world the of internetworks that i've never explored before so it's super interesting and you started this job just as we went under like official lockdown in the home and so you guys you had to suddenly like start not in the office, but you started in the home office, which we had to makeshift literally over the weekend before you started. Yeah, it was supposed to be an in-office job driving down to Tacoma, Washington. And so it was going to be a bit of a commute, but not so bad of a commute that it was going to be any different from going from Seattle over to like Redmond to go to Microsoft. Um, actually, in some ways, like it's a better commute to go to Tacoma from Seattle than it is to go to Redmond. But uh, yeah, all that stuff was called off. They they basically locked down the offices and said, everybody work from home. And so, uh, yeah, we created a home office for me and um, just been uh, remoting in every day to multiple meeting, team meetings, uh, you know, during the during the daytime with Zoom. Yeah, thank, thank God for Zoom. So Bitcoin is at? All right, Satoshi Math. One Bitcoin is at $6,207. And so to figure out the number of Satoshis in one US dollar, and remember Satoshis are the smallest denomination of 
Bitcoin, sort of like you have cents to a dollar. C-E-N-T-S, you have Satoshis per Bitcoin. Right, so you can go to windshieldtime.studio, whack Satoshi math, and you can enter the number of uh, price for the Bitcoin, and the number of dollars that you want to find out for the number of Satoshis you want to figure out. <laughs> so the real math is you take uh, one dirty US fiat dollar and divide it by the decimalized version of the price of Bitcoin into yes. 100 million places. <laughs> so it winds up being 0. 0.00006207. And then you get, today you get 16,111 sats per dirty US fiat dollar. So there's people out there paddleboarding and the wind has picked up a lot and it's starting to rain more. And so there's two people, looks like a couple, and the one gal just got like blown down the lake a little bit. And uh, you see them right there? Yeah, they're struggling. Yeah, they're struggling to uh, go upwind on their paddle boards. In the rain. In the rain. <laughs> I'm wearing my like poofy, poofy winter coat. Yeah. All right, so that's Satoshi Math. And before we continue on with the uh, show here, I wanted to thank the WTIA, who's been a sponsor of us doing this podcast from the very beginning. Yes, the Washington Technology Industry Association, representing over 1,100 technology companies in the Pacific Northwest. Everyone from Portland all the way up to Vancouver, B.C. Thank you so much for all of your support, the WTIA. Yes, thank you, WTIA. So one thing interesting that we did, we made a big change in our insurance policies. This is the part where we talk about surveillance capitalism. So there's actually a book called Surveillance Capitalism that's out there, but uh, they asked us to install apps on our phones that track our every movement. All the time. The location. All the time. Tracking is on all the time, whether or not you're using the app, which freaks me out. Yes, and as a good measure of security and privacy, you should basically turn off location tracking for everything unless it's vitally important on your phones. So I changed my LinkedIn profile, mm -hmm. and uh, I think the first two words or three words are like security and um, privacy first, mm -hmm. or security and safety first, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, th that's part of it. I mean, if you don't want your phone tracking your every movement, then either just completely turn it off for everything or make sure you turn it off for every app um, that you don't want to track you. And so what this app is doing is tracking a heavy hard braking. It's tracking hard acceleration. All over and driving. And it's tracking for driving from uh, midnight to 4 a.m. because it considers that, you know, risk. naughty driving times. And so basically, over the next 90 days, we're a few weeks in now, but based on how well we're driving, it will give us more of a discount on our car insurance. Yeah. The one time I had my phone and it fell onto the, uh, the dash here, um, I got a ding for that. So I'm not doing so great. <laughs> I'm really pissed about that. Well, it's very, very, it's very, very uh, feedback intensive because as it's tracking all the drives, you confirm all the drives, whether you're a passenger or driver, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, it basically calculates in real time what the discount is going to be. And, and currently, so, we're trending up, and we're yeah. at uh, savings of three hundred eighty-two dollars. Yeah, is so that should, per month or is that per year? It's for the whole policy. It's hmm. for the whole policy. I think. Yeah. Doesn't seem that great so far. 
Um, well, this better be good. It's... <laughs> they're getting free data. Yeah, so they get tons of uh, data. They get uh, insurees who they know for sure are good drivers. And so it's, it's an amazing example of uh, real-time surveillance capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very meh. If it, don't, if, it, if it was, so the other insurance carrier that we were with tracked it all the time. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to sign up for it, they tracked you all the time mm-hmm. that you were in their policy. Mm-hmm. I said, heck no to that. And so since this one is only 90 days, I said, okay, fine. And then we can just delete it and move on. Hey, we should right. talk about au pairs. Oh, I yeah, back to that, the au pair. Yeah, so to get an au pair, uh, it's cheaper than sending your child to, like, daycare. Um, especially in the Seattle area. I think it's a little bit more, actually. Daycare is a little more. Okay. So, but the upfront, there's an upfront cost to having an au pair. I think they, they charge about $8,000 upfront to take care of all the au pair processing, the visa, all that sorts of stuff. And so there are families out there with no au pair right now because with this whole COVID-19 situation, this is, you know, all through hearsay through our current au pair, um, she says, uh, the other au pairs uh, are some, suddenly... Some, a couple of here and there au pairs. Yeah. Are used to taking care of one child during the day, but now all the children are home, not at school, and they're now responsible for three, four children, and a lot of them... While the parents are working from home. Yeah, and... It's causing for a very, very um, small quarters for both work and living situations. And so there are several au pairs that have decided to just up and leave and go back home because it's not (laughs) worth it to them. But I think of the poor parents where they're like, suddenly their kids are home and suddenly they have to figure out how to work from home and now they have no au pair. (laughs) Yeah, that's so bad. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's not good. So bad. And I think the au pairs are actually having a really hard time. So if you think of mothers, you know, mothers, it's really hard because you know, children and mothers. But a lot of these au pairs are usually the ones that handle a lot of the heavy lifting During on the behalf of the mothers. And so... This would be a good uh, human interest story for uh, Megan McCarty Carino over at NPR. <laughs> she was trying to interview one time, interview you one time about uh, being pregnant and being a professional in the workplace and all that before. Hmm. So, what do you think? What about these families who are now suddenly out of an au pair who snuck out in the middle of the night? I know. <laughs> That's rough. Um... We're like, what if suddenly you used to have a nanny and she is no longer able to come to your home because, you know, COVID-19. Social distancing. Yeah, like, there's a lot of impacts to lots of families. And no, and then on top of it, like I tweeted about it, um, it's great in a lot of ways to be able to cook at home and eat home-cooked food. But someone needs to do that and generally is the main home meal preparer in your household. And so now they're having to prepare breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus snacks for the entire family that's all, you know, stuck at home. Food goes fast. (laughs) Our fridge was packed full at the beginning of this week. It's, like, empty right now. I guess we'll get a grocery delivery from now on. I'm going to try and do a grocery delivery if they will deliver. Amazon Fresh will not deliver right now. And another deal is, so I've been following, you know, Twitter as much as I can, nights and weekends, and uh, apparently 
when the 1918 flu, otherwise known as the Spanish flu, came around, everyone was wearing some sort of a mask, some sort of handkerchief, some sort of face protection to ward off from the flu. And basically, I don't know why all the authorities are not screaming that from the top of their lungs, but the uh, philosopher, angel investor, Naval Ravikant has been tweeting about it nonstop to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. If it does, it doesn't matter if it's N95, it doesn't matter if it's cloth Anything. or handkerchief or whatever, just wear something. And so, uh, yeah, if I go to the grocery store, I'll be wearing a mask. It's to protect them, not necessarily you. It's to protect everybody. Yeah. And so, uh, I'll be wearing a mask and then, you know, I, I can wear glasses and that, that'll, uh, keep the, uh, little specks of, uh, water from people's mouths not going into my eyes too all right um all right and then the u.s just passed again the today's date is march 28th and uh, we just passed as the usa uh, the the highest number of confirmed cases by a country in the world i know it's kind of embarrassing because theoretically we're and new york is shot up and Order an order of magnitude as the is now the ground zero. Washington State was ground zero. Western Washington with the first case and first deaths. We're now number five. Now it's in the order of descending order: New York, New Jersey, California, Michigan, Washington. So that's really really scary. And that's a very 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 densely populated uh, city there, New York City. So uh, yeah. apparently there's some reports of people who are leaving the city. And then so that makes you wonder Spreading whether they're carrying it and taking to other parts of the country. Yep. I think there's called uh, snowbirds, the one who leave New York and go to Florida every year. Yeah. yeah. And so the global total confirmed cases is growing at about 125,000 a day, especially over the last few days. Um, and it's kind of scary. So social distance... Masks. Masks. Stay at home. Stay at home. Do immunity boost programs. Eat wells. Get enough sleep. Wash your hands a lot. Hot water. Soap. Yeah. All right. Last topic is Freakonomics. So I started listening to this podcast. It's called What Does COVID-19 Mean for Cities and Marriages? Extremely <laughs> topical. So tiring. And so it's about 44 minutes long and... Um, Stephen Dubner, I think is his, uh, his name, the host. He's interviewing an economist who spent most of his uh, professional life studying what diseases have done to populations in cities. Mm -hmm. And it is not a historically pretty picture what's been done to people in cities living together. It's actually been bad most of the time. Good for a good deal of it, but bad most of the time because mm -hmm. of the spread of infectious diseases. Mm. Yeah. Any learning so far? Uh, mostly kind of like edutainment right now. Education mm. and entertainment. I'm not far enough into the episode yet. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. So I guess we'll wrap it up for this show. It's only me and Ari. And so thanks for listening. I think I'm going to have to, now, now that I've been in the job for two weeks, I can basically schedule out, you know, little chunks of time here and there to edit all the shows that I have that are uh, in the queue, ready to be uh, edited and released. And so I'm going to do a better job. This is our second week, just being me and Ari, but I'm going to do a better job of uh, getting those shows ready for primetime release yeah. and getting them done.
Yeah, I got a job too. I theoretically yeah. start on April 6th, but I don't, I always say like it's never done until there's a butt in the seat. So fingers crossed. Um, we'll see. I'll have more updates about that coming soon. Yeah. I, I do feel a little guilt yeah. about us having timed getting back into jobs in corporate America just when we just hit the highest first-time unemployment claims in the history of the United States at 3.3 million this past week. Mm -hmm. The report came out on Thursday. Yeah, it's just going to get worse, though. I mean, it's all the uh, service workers, right? Like restaurants. Absolutely. They, they can't employ people now. Absolutely. And bars and hotels. Anything that requires in-person in presence has been devastated, basically. Receptionists, you know? And so it might be classified as a little bit of, like, survivor's guilt. But, uh, yeah, Ari and I were extremely fortunate enough to be able to get jobs uh, that start uh, now. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah. TV. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. Appreciate your time. Yes. Thank you to all of our listeners. Please stay safe out there. Um, stay healthy. Wash your hands. Wear masks. Wear masks. Eat well, get enough sleep, and thank you. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Have a great day. Together we rise. Be nice, y'all. Bye. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Windshield Time, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a non-technical, fun, informative way to learn about money, Bitcoin, blockchains, crypto, and digital assets for busy parents and working folks who are curious about these new technologies. Day, Ari, and their guests talk about these evolutionary systems of money and what they do, y'all. Because what part of your life does money not touch? This podcast is not financial advice, and your reactions are your total and complete responsibility, y'all. Now, thanks again, and enjoy the show. And before we continue on with the show here, I want to thank the WTIA, who's been a sponsor of us doing this podcast from the very beginning. Yeah, the Washington Technology Industry Association, representing over 1,100 technology companies in the Pacific Northwest. And... <laughs> you have to do that over again. I can't get that and out <laughs> good enough. Yes, the Washington Technology Industry Association, representing over 1,100 technology companies.